Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Robert Lamb. I'm Julie Douglas. Uh, tell me, Julie, um, you've encountered people using the word literally incorrectly before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, uh, I'm someone who's used it incorrectly before. Yeah, like, uh, like, like use it incorrectly in a sentence. I am literally starving to death. All right. Or, or the, the famous sports line, he literally took his head off. And, but the thing is, generally, you're not, you're generally not starving or, or no. And, uh, and, and in, uh, sports, people generally are not decapitated yeah. on the field. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's interesting to actually, uh, dive into the scientific world and look for examples where, uh, people's, uh, heads can literally explode because people will use this like, like, oh man, I read that uh, article in nature and it made my head explode or, you know, or I went to math class and, you know, my head totally exploded. So we're, we're seeking to answer the question, can your brain, your skull literally explode? Yeah. And if so, how? But yeah. I think, I think we may need to go back in the time machine a bit to, yeah, to I think look at a good to... instance of splattering of the brains, so to speak. Yeah, because we fe- we have evidence from around uh, 79 A.D., uh, a little place called Herculaneum uh, near uh, Mount Vesuvius, where uh, where archaeologists have found uh, the, the skulls uh, from the the victims, the people who died when this uh, volcano erupted, and that the skulls like completely cracked open, like an egg that's been shattered. Brutal. Yeah. So they're thinking that now that they've got more evidence that it had to do with a pyroclastic flow, right? Yeah. And a pyroclastic flow is is pretty uh, mind-blowing. Uh, when a volcano erupts, uh, all the stuff coming out the top is, uh, of course, it's not just not merely smoke. It's it's ash. It's um, rock and mud. Yeah. It's all just pulverized by this rapid release of gas from the inner earth. Okay. So uh, all that stuff comes back down again. And it can it can uh, end up forming this thing called a pyroclastic flow, which is uh, essentially a just mass of ash, gas, rock fragments, all traveling at a, at speeds up to like 125 miles per hour. So just speeding along. Yeah. And oh. the temperatures in this thing are pretty amazing. Up like to 1400 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Seen it range from like 752 to yeah, 1472 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pretty hot. Yeah. Okay. So let's set the stage. Vesuvius erupts. Right. There's this column of gas, this roiling mixture, and if you're unlucky enough to live in Pompeii, you're probably going to get buried in a bunch of ash. Right. Right. Which is, I think, what we normally think about when we think about Vesuvius. We think about the inhabitants of Pompeii. Yeah. But if you're in the little fishing village of Herculaneum, it's going to be far worse. You're, you may even be, let's say, downwind of that pyroclastic flow. Yeah. And again, it's just like this wall of of what looks like smoke, and you know, this wall of just yeah. rolling ash, just just coming down the side of the, uh, the, the of the hills. You know. Yeah. And so that you see that you see the the volcano erupt. Ten minutes later, you're you're trying to evacuate something. You're running down the street, and like you said, you've got this cloud mushrooming out you at 125 miles an hour. Yikes! 1400 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that what is that going to do to you? Well, uh, the scientists believe that uh, what happens is that when it when it first hits you, um, it's going to basically vaporize your soft tissues on the uh, like on the ex- exterior of your body. 
Uh, but then the heat is, is also so intense that it like cracks the enamel of your teeth. Mm. And, uh, and actually, uh, they've discovered also the insides of the skull were kind of blackened. And charred. Yeah. Yeah. So the brains are essentially boiling in there. Just in like in a split second, it's like uh, it's like being it's like something from a sci-fi novel or yeah. something where someone's like hit with a ray gun. It's like suddenly brains boiling, and uh, and what happens if something's suddenly boiling inside a, an enclosed space like the cranium? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It it seems so sci-fi. Something that's just incinerating before your eyes, mm-hmm. and and the poor brain is boiling and just pops. And I think you had written a um, article about volcanic ash, and you actually had a, a good explanation for that. Uh, I think you likened it to an egg and water. Yeah. Yeah. So it's boiling. And if you think about it as like a molten goo that your brain is in. Yeah. It's um, a, another way to think of it is if you've ever been, been camping and you have like a can of beans or something, a can of soup, and you're kind of like heating it up hobo style, you know? Sure. Like sure. you, like the, the stupidest thing you could possibly do would be to throw an entire can of soup into a fire because what's going to happen? It's going to blow up. Right. It's going to blow up. You got to poke holes in that can. Of course. Right. So it's the, it's like a similar thing occurring in a split second with these, uh, these poor, uh, you know, fishermen's skulls. It's just suddenly heat hits them and whammo. Top whammo. of the skull just cracks. Instant, literal blowing of the mind. Correct. Right there. And I think what's so cool about that is that they actually tried to replicate these results. Well, I shouldn't say. That's what's so cool about it. I think it's cool that they went to the trouble of trying to find out exactly how this is. Because, again, before the, before they got this sort of recent information, everybody was under the assumption that people had died from suffocation from the gases and mm-hmm. volcanic ash and everything else raining down upon them. So now they know it was really the heat that was the element that wiped out the village and Pompeii. And... You have a bunch of scientists basically in a lab taking animal and human bones and exposing them to certain degrees of heat and finally being able to replicate this degree of charredness. Um, and, and also looking at the skulls, as you had mentioned, and seeing that there are parts of the skull missing. And hey, here's our conclusion that mm-hmm. got up to, uh, to degrees so hot that it could just make your brain pop. Yeah, I believe the, um, they believe it got up, uh, in, uh, her, in Herculaneum, it got up to around uh, 932 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. And it was a big, I mean, this wasn't just a pyroclastic flow. I mean, it was that as well, but it was a pyroclastic cloud. So it hung around. So even if you were ensconced away in some building and you thought you were hiding from it, the heat was eventually going to get to yeah. you anyway. No insulation um, of the time was going to save you from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really horrific when you think about it. Yeah, but luckily, like I say, I think I think it would have been over pretty quick, you know. Yeah, this is true. Like you said, I mean, it's I mean, sort of instant vaporization. So yeah. I, as far as ways to go, that's I think not too bad. Not having experienced it myself. No, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't seek it out. No, but. no, no. Now, what is the uh, another interesting um, aspect of the uh, of the whole situation with Vesuvius was the uh, the posture of the bodies. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they call it the Garden of Fugitives because they found a bunch of different uh, people who uh, they assumed were um, were suffocating to death because a lot of them had their hands up to their noses mm-hmm. in, a, in a posture as if like they were choking or whatnot, and they found it to actually be something called a cadaveric spasm. Okay, and this only happens with uh, nuclear explosions and volcanic eruptions. So this is something that is an instantaneous muscular stiffening. So it's an instantaneous death mask, if you will. 
Wow. And, I mean, it's it's pretty shocking if you think about it. They actually, this is um, kind of interesting, too, that a lot of the researchers had looked at the different postures and they categorized them. And some were called lifelike and some were called sleep-like and some were called pugilistic attitude, which I really like. Oh, and this is the one where it kind of looks like they're boxing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like, like as if they were, and the, the conclusion was, is that they were sort of boxing at the elements, trying to get away <laughs> from, you know, the volcanic ash or something. Um, you know, man versus nature. Uh, but I just love that it's called pugilistic yeah. attitude. Well, so I'm going to start saying that you have a really pugilistic attitude. <laughs> it, um, I mean, it sounds kind of like almost kind of snobby on the part of the, the archaeologist if they're kind of like, they're thinking, hey, look, these, you know, primitive people from the past, they thought they could box away the, you know, the, the volcanic eruption or, oh, yeah. or fight it off with their hands. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, think about how long we've had access to Pompeii. And yeah. what our thoughts were when we were first discovering that. Um, was it in the 1800s? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that's when um, when people start, became aware of it and mm-hmm. really started to look at explanations. So, yeah, they're boxing off the elements. I remember becoming aware of it uh, through my father's National Geographic subscription because uh, I just remember, like they had all these like really gnarly um, you know, illustrations of all the, the bodies and the skulls, you know, yeah. and all those weird poses and it's really fascinating. In fact, the PBS special, I think it's called Secrets of the Dead, is fascinating because it looks at all the, the, the different things they can find out now through mm-hmm. science, and particularly with Herculaneum. That's that's somewhat new in the discoveries um, that they found there. Cool. So it's cool stuff. You know, in, uh, in researching the possibility of one skull literally exploding, I ran across another interesting tidbit, um, and this had to do with giraffes. I don't know if you happen to come across this one as well, but uh, gira- giraffe's hearts, the, the heart of a giraffe produces a very um, high pressure to force the blood yeah. Yeah, up to the head. So um, I, I found the, an instance where, online where some people were asking, well, how come the when the giraffe like leans down to get, you know, moves, leans its head down then um, you know, cranes its neck forward, how come the pressure doesn't make the giraffe's head explode? How come? Well, it's because the giraffe has this thing called a, and I'm probably going to uh, uh, mispronounce this, but rete mirabile, which is Latin for wonderful net. And it's a cluster of arteries and veins that uh, diverts blood flow and uh, and changes, uh, actually uh, equalizes blood pressure. So that when the animal lowers its head, uh, it kind of serves as like a natural pressure relief system. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you think they get dizzy nonetheless? I don't know. It, like, apparently it's the same thing that, um, like, it keeps dogs, when dogs get really hot, it keeps their, their brains from overheating. Uh, it, it helps, uh, regulate, like, where the blood's going in a penguin to keep, uh, the penguin from, uh, I mean, getting to its extremities, you know, yeah. cooling, cooling down blood too much. And, uh, also helps, like, whales and other diving mammals, uh, when they're, uh, going down to different pressures, uh, you know, higher pressure, uh, portions of the, the water. So. Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. That w- I found that on, uh, the Happy Scientist Robert Kramp's website. So, huh. yeah. Oh, everybody needs some happy science. That's good stuff. So let me ask you, has your head ever exploded? Mm. Not literally. Not literally? Okay. No. But there is something called exploding head syndrome. Okay. It sounds pretty severe. It, it, it does sound severe. Uh, and I actually have experienced that. Okay. okay. So that is something that uh, you you feel inside of your brain or you perceive inside of your brain. So 
I mean, there's been a couple of nights that I've woken up in the middle of the night and thought, oh my God, I've just heard this gigantic, really loud slamming sound in my, in, in what I thought was my environment and freaked out and got up and made sure that, you know, the mafia wasn't coming through the, I don't know why I thought it was the mafia, but, um, you know, and then checked everything out and said, okay, that's fine. And it's happened enough so that when I actually read about exploding, exploding brain syndrome, I thought to myself, oh yeah, of course I've had that. No big deal. <laughs> um, so it sounds really dramatic, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really just, um, the person experiencing this sound and there's no pain. Uh, it's just a sense of alarm and of course a surge in adrenaline. Right. Yeah. I've seen, uh, like in different, uh, like different people uh, experience it as, uh, as, as more like a gunshot. Yeah. It's noise. Others, it's like an explosion. Sometimes people apparently experience kind of a, a flash of light with it. Yes. Yeah. And, um, as best I can tell, it's thought to be, um, uh, the, about to, it's thought to be caused by a delay in the reduction of activity in selected areas of the brainstem. Um, uh, as, what are you uh, saying about my brainstem? That it's, it's not working right, I guess. It's All kind right. of making you wake up in the night to imaginary sounds. <laughs> but, but when, when I first uh, found out about this one, I was like, oh my, like actually, like even when I first started reading about it, um, you know, cause initially you're like exploding head syndrome, that sounds insane. Yeah. And then you read a little about it and like an initial, um, explanations of it online are kind of like people are waking up in the night holding, you know, you could just picture people waking up, clutching their head, like screaming and thinking that their head's about to explode. Like that was the vision, right. you know, it's like totally like scanners. That was what I was thinking. So when you like, when I asked, you, you mentioned it uh, this morning, you were just very nonchalant, like, yeah, I think I've had exploding head syndrome. I was like, whoa, how could you, <laughs> you just think you have it or, or how could you have not realized you had it before? But, uh, it, it's, uh, um, exploding head syndrome or EHS as uh, they call it apparently is not really that severe. Like they're right, right. Like, if you experience it, don't go to your doctor and ask for, um, you know, the, tell him you need medication because he's just going to laugh at you. Well, he's probably not going to laugh at you, but Yeah, still. yeah. Or you might get some medication that you don't necessarily need. It depends. We have a few people in the doctor. It's a non-judgment zone. If you, yeah. if you need to do that, it's fine. But, uh, but yeah, generally you don't need to. And that, that's kind of, I think, why my reaction was so blasé about it. Because I was like, well, yeah. So I heard this slamming sound in my, in my head. And sometimes that happens every once in a while. But yeah. No mafia uh, people in my living room, so all was well. Hmm. Yeah. And I believe it, it tends to occur like in the, the early phases of sleep, right? When you're sort of, you're not really completely awake and you're yeah. not really asleep yet. Yeah, I think it's before you take the, the deep dive okay. into sleep. And then sometimes it occurs after the deep dive. So it's in that, the twilight stage, I think they call it. So note to myself, <laughs> I need to uh, need to get my brainstem worked on. <laughs> Well, I think there's a there's a, a kit you can get online where it's just, just like self repair, you know. Oh yeah, yeah self augmentation. Yeah. This presentation is brought to you by Intel, sponsors of tomorrow. So, um, in researching this, uh, we also ran across some some stories that are completely not true about exploding heads. Um, but kind of wonderful because I think yeah. we both got excited. Yeah, like there was one um, about the uh, the chess player whose head exploded. Yes. Yeah, and and we I think we both had the same experience where we ran across the article and they were like, "Oh my goodness, gold! This yeah. is we're totally going to talk about this one." And then we we saw the source, yeah, Weekly World. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it started out kind of strong, right? I mean, it's still sort of impossible, but still, it it starts out kind of strong, and then 
as it goes on, uh, you start to think, I don't know about this. This just seems like it's just not possible. And then at the very end of the story, it says, you know, this is, this is more common than you think it is. And here are some signs that you may be in danger of your head exploding. Okay. Which is like my favorite thing about this article. Um, and I won't read all of them, but there's, here's one, which was, does your head sometimes ache when you think too hard? Yeah, I guess yeah. it does. Okay, yeah. well, you could, your, your brain oh. might explode. Yeah. Oh, and here's another one. Do you tend to analyze yourself too much? Ooh. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, there, there are many more. <laughs> like, if you spend a lot of time balancing your checkbook. Yeah. It's good stuff. But I think the, um, I think the theory behind that, that they tried to posit in the story, was that there was too much electrical activity happening in the brain. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it was like an overload of the circuitry. All right, now how about the trumpet guy? Because that was another story. Oh, yeah, there's a trumpet player. Okay, this was in the National Enquirer. Okay. So, obviously, like, you see that and you go, oh, okay, this is right next to Bat Boy. Um, <laughs> Yugo Slari was playing the impossible dream on trumpet when his head swelled and burst, quote, like a balloon. Okay. Yeah, and what I love about this story is that they've just got... um They've got all these people talking about the event, all these onlookers, and they have these descriptions about how there was a blonde in the front row, and she got brains in her blonde hair, and <laughs> it's 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 pretty good stuff. Yeah, though I can't imagine like even like how would the brain explode from playing? Like it's just it. I, I don't buy it as much as as easily as I buy the chess player. I don't know. It was the impossible dream. Oh, I've never played it on trumpet. Like, and, and, and when, why am the impossible dream? Like, I'm thinking like Flight of the Bumblebees would probably do it. But. I don't know. I think it's just something from the Man of La Mancha. It was, you know, it's, I'm going to have to listen to it again. Hmm. <laughs> but that was a good one, I thought. And then there's this, this idea too, that if you were somehow flung out into space, oh, yes. that you would explode. Yeah, this one is one you can, I, I believe we mentioned the, the Sean Connery sci-fi movie Outland in like the last podcast or the one before it. But that was the movie where the guys are suddenly outside the spaceship and, oh, their head swells up and bursts like a big bloody balloon. Yeah, yeah. And that's not necessarily going to happen. In fact, not it's even not, yeah, not necessarily. It's, not it's literally not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and you can, like, n- like NASA's pretty open about this. Like, they they really want everybody to know that yeah. you're not going to explode. Um, like, like, basically, you're not even necessarily going to be injured. Um, I mean, you, you might get kind of like, like, for like a brief exposure to the void. Kind of like uh, what happens in I think two thousand one. Yeah, where, um, and, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think they ripped it off in various other films um, later on. Like I think they do the same thing in like Firefly and Event Horizon. But um, but yeah, like if you exhale all the all the air, you know, and you don't have like you're not holding your breath, right? Uh, like an idiot, then you're you know you're not going to be injured in that in that regard. Um, you might get some sort of like mild, like, uh, you know, sort of like the bins right. kind of situation. Yeah. You might be have some like mild, even like non-painful and reversible swelling of the skin. But, uh, but the one thing they really stress is that like your, your skin is like a really good system. Like it's, it's really great at containing, you know, yeah, it's a barrier. Yeah, it's a, it's a barrier. And uh, it's not, you know, it's not ideal for spacewalking. You shouldn't, you know, depend on it entirely. No, you could get sunburned pretty badly. Right. But when push comes to shove, and especially when the shove is out of a space uh, airlock, you know, you're probably going to be okay for, you know, a very brief period of time yeah. before any other, you know, uh, causes can uh, can jump in there and kill you. Yeah. Think a minute or two and then the loss of oxygen and you're out. It's a very uh, uh, unhistrionic sort of death that you would experience. There would yeah. be no explosions. Yeah. Yeah. 
So just in case that was something you were worried about, you know, don't worry, you would not explode in <laughs> space. Yeah, if anybody out there was on the fence about getting that uh, Virgin Galactic ticket, yeah, feel feel, yeah. feel free to go yeah. ahead. Go ahead and buy it. Push, yeah, push purchase and you're good. <laughs> or, well, I guess you, or you can also just, uh, you can reserve it. What is it, 20000 I think to reserve 200000 for the ticket. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't even look at my paperwork. <laughs> you just yeah. signed it. I just, just yeah. yeah. Take it on my bank account. So I guess that's about it for uh, exploding heads. That's not literally it, is it? <laughs> it, it might be. It oh. might literally be, be it, unless uh, anybody out there has uh, something we've overlooked um, or, you know, indeed has any stories about their own head seeming to explode in the night due to large and loud noises. And uh, you can uh, also check out more on the uh, HowStuffWorks.com website. Where we have, uh, I, this is where I actually wrote an article uh, on how is uh, volcanic ash made, uh, which goes into pyroclastic flow and, uh, and and all that. And the what, egg analogy. Yeah, the egg analogy, and other ways that volcanic ash can really uh, mess with uh, human life and, uh, and just you know getting about town. And then uh, we also have uh, an, an article about the whole going out into space without a spacesuit uh, thing. Uh, Marshall Brain, the site founder, wrote one called, What if an astronaut went on a spacewalk without a spacesuit? What if? Yeah. No explosions in there, but a lot of cool data about the uh, about how it would affect your body. All right. Well, thanks for listening. You can find those articles and many more every day on HowStuffWorks.com. The HowStuffWorks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more, all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts, and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. Thank you.